Willy Wonka. That was his name. Oh, Chap from Puerto Rico called Willy Wonka. Really? Yeah. That's not a real name. Willy Wonka, they call me uh, Puerto Rico. I think that the most like important thing for me to Madonna is like uh, express yourself stuff. Uh, l let me tell you, he's a fan. Is he? Oh yeah. And tell me, what do you think of her uh, new man? What, what's his name? Guy Ritchie. Oh, Guy Mr. Ritchie? Ritchie? Yeah. Well, personally, I don't know him. And the only thing that I know is um, he's a great director. That's the only thing that I know. But don't you think he's a good-looking guy? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Wonker, and good night. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I love Mr. Wonker. Welcome to another episode of the Madonna Get Together. I am your host, Wayne. And je vais te dirahan secret. I'm sure I said that wrong. Um, my secret is that today we are joined by none other than the Willy Wonka. Yes, I am referring to the beloved fan who appeared in I'm Going to Tell You a Secret and interviewed by Madonna's then husband, Guy Ritchie. I met Willy back in New York during Madonna's Pride event this past summer. And we've kept in contact ever since. And he was also one of our first winners of the giveaway that I had over the summer. Willie has been a fan of Madonna as far back as he can remember, listening to her music, watching her videos and concerts on the TV. He is currently a DJ going by the aptly named DJ Wanker and even has an upcoming gig on November 23rd called Bitch, I'm Dracula, which I do want to talk to you about. Everybody, please welcome from La Isla Bonita, Puerto Rico, Willie Wanker. How are you? I'm well. I'm very, very happy that you invited me. Yeah, absolutely. I had to do that Puerto Rico thing for the in celebration of the 35th anniversary of You Can Dance, which was just released on streaming, the single edits. Have you listened to him? Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine I that work. you've heard it though, right? Yeah. The thing is like I leave work after midnight and from... Uh. And I've been working nonstop already for the holidays. And I'm doing a lot of uh, digging in my record for my upcoming gigs next week. And I'm discovering new music and being very busy with all the stuff and the internet, social network, promoting, working, sleeping, and <laughs> around. Busy, busy. And I, I'm... Looking in your background right now, I see the Madonna poster. I see the the desperately seeking Susan pillows. Yeah, I custom made them. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. I'm very crafty. <laughs> nice. And I like your shirt. That's one of my favorite shirts from the Blonde Ambition Tour. It's the Keep It Together picture, but it's all it's got those inverse colors. They look really cool. Yeah, uh, this is one of my. It, I love this picture a lot. So, question for you. Why Willie Wanker? Why that name? Oh, that was an inside joke uh, with friends almost 20 years or or, or more. Uh, upside, besides Madonna, I love uh, Gothic rock and punk rock. Mm -hmm. And with a friend, we started to make a band, Death Rock Gothic Band. And... We start uh, looking for names for the bands that have never uh, been used before. Also, putting like a, a name or our alter ego for each band member. 
And because I love the, the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, uh, well, my friends start calling call me Willy Wonka as a, as a joke, as an insult, but I love it. <laughs> I, think I love I, it too. I think everyone I else does perfect. as well. I think it's perfect. Willy as a name and Wonka as a last name. Wonka is not a common word in the United States or, mm -hmm. or Puerto Rico. And it's it's like a it's like a rendition like the original punk rockers in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, they have like a a, a a last name that was an insult, like Steve Ignorant, Johnny Rotten, Sid Vicious, stuff like that. And I love the name, and I just adopt that as my as my real name. <laughs> and this <laughs> is a name that I've been using for for social network and and everything. Well. I want to ask you about like when you first started getting to Madonna, like how old were you, you know, wh what was it that you maybe saw or heard first that, that made you say, Oh, you know what? This is, this is someone I'm going to continue and, and want to listen to and, and start getting into as much as you have. I think, I think my first exposure was the Bridgerton tour on local TV. I was maybe seven, eight or nine years old. And they continually uh, put uh, certain uh, Madonna videos on the weekends. And there was a TV program that was called uh, Imagen y Sonido. Uh, the host uh, promote new videos every week. And, and then I started like uh, watching videos like, like a Prayer and stuff like that. And I like the music. I like it. And... I was very interested in American music, so one of my first tapes were like a like a prayer, uh, immaculate collection. Then I started like buying all the records I didn't have uh, with the school money. Every time that I have chance to to buy a cassette, I go to the stores. I I think one of my first memories was going to Woolworths that disappeared long ago. And buy cassettes and VHS. My first VHS was Who's That Girl? Uh, the movie or the tour? The the movie in a flea market. Oh, uh, it cost me five dollars. I still own it. <laughs> uh, and then you started buying. Oh, I don't have that cassette. And then you go to the record stores and you first time seeing a single that you have never seen before because it wasn't the time where there was there there's no internet right. or or anything so you buy what was available yep. at the store at the time if i went to a kmart and i saw a poster for five dollars and i if i have the money or i didn't have the money i saved the money uh, saving five dollars maybe will take me a long time yeah back then <laughs> To have an extra five dollars just to buy this express yourself poster or Brown Vision poster at Kmart. And then I start buying things. You suddenly become a fan because then you start like only listen to her every day. Even if it was the same yeah. cassette on repeat on your walkman until your batteries die. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I can tell you I wore out that express yourself cassette single. Express yourself and look of love, and you've amassed quite a collection because I think you've you've sent me pictures of some of your collections, but you've also posted some of your collection on your social media. Like you have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff that I never show up. 
and uh -huh. I'm trying to do an Instagram page, Madonna's Relicarium, and but it's a big struggle taking pictures of everything, putting watermarks, uh, the perfect lighting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot of time. Uh, not everything is at my home because I have a separate room of music that I've been working for almost three years. Um, I want to finish this year and half of my collection is in a storage. Uh, okay. Uh, but there's Madonna everything in the house. Maybe you go to the kitchen and see a cup or go to the porch and packages or <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere in the house. Well, that sounds very refreshing. I think it's limited in my house to one room. Yeah, I have got a, f I've got a couple mugs um, that I have in my in my cabinet that I drink my tea out of. Never use yeah, them. Yeah, it's <laughs> don't use them. I use them all the time. <laughs> no, I don't touch everything. <laughs> <laughs> but you you also said that you have a other interest in like goth and punk music. How do you feel? How do you feel like Madonna fits in with that? It's just her attitude. Yeah. Uh, uh, because I'm not a huge fan of pop music. I, I really don't like pop music. Uh, not even back then or much lesser now. It's just her attitude that I feel her very punk rock. It's like her way. And I'm going to do things just for myself because I like it. Uh, if you don't like it, it's your problem. Uh, but with a certain kind of substance or sending a silent message to the people. And she's been, she's been doing that for four years. Yep. And even now, after four years, I, I think a lot of people still don't get it. And mm -hmm. um, she's going, keeping doing what she's been doing her whole, whole life. Like uh, she said before. Why change now? Right. They still try to convince her or change her in certain ways or demanding her to act the way they want. And she's never going to deliver that to them. Right. And I think, you know, uh, for fans, I think what they want is they want the same Madonna that released erotica and they want the same madonna that released like a prayer and they're still getting that they're just getting a different art incarnation of it but because it doesn't make them feel like they did when they were 14 15 years old uh they want to get upset about it but it's kind of like you know what she's still she's still being that person she's still being that person that's pushing buttons but now instead of your parents now it's you and i think that just annoys people and i just find i find great humor in that too and I think what, that's what some people um, forget is that Madonna likes to do things that are that it is out of the box, but is also tongue in cheek. Um, like I don't think she takes herself. I think she takes her work very seriously, but I don't think she takes herself as seriously as people are perceiving it, like on Instagram. And so I just I find it funny when people are getting upset about it. It's like you know why do you care <laughs> if you really want someone sweet and consistent you know go listen to celine dion or mariah carey and that's not an insult to them either it's just like if that's what you want go 
go listen to someone that's more consistent like that instead of Madonna, who's always going to constantly annoy people and constantly do things that's going to challenge the mainstream social culture of this historical way of thinking. She has said many times, nothing of this is real. It's like a lot of people are seeing her, watching her, but are they really paying attention to what she's saying? I don't think people are paying much attention. Or most of these things, a lot of people will understand them maybe in 20 years because she paved the way uh, in certain ways in the 80s, uh, doing things that was not common for females in the music industry and breaking uh, new boundaries in music, fashion, or, or in, in pop uh, culture. Uh, we're going to appreci- appreciate more of her, what she's doing for a female in their 60 years old because people are calling her grandma since the girly show times and it's like how ridiculous is people telling someone when you're 32 years old to shut down your act to calm down or change your act uh she's not going to do it and Maybe in 50 years, we could um, analyze how Madonna did what she did uh, when she was 60. I think even if she's going to be 80 years old, I I hope she will come to continue wearing fishnets and um, doing bare chest pictures because... Yeah. This, this is what I like to her. It's, it's like age is a number and she's paving that way that a woman is still a woman no matter what age she have. Uh, right. Her persona, her uh, sexuality is like because we are allowed to men to be uh, whatever we want at any age. But what we have to set times and dates or expiration date on persons or, or people, I think it's an absurd thing. And this is something maybe that she's baby right now. Yeah. And I, I refer back to that quote that she did uh, for an interview on VH1, the one-on-one in 95. And she said, well, when I'm dead, they'll all finally kiss my ass. And I think that message will still hold true as time moves forward because you know like when that time does come people are going to be like wow she really did do that and take a minute to stop and think because she's no longer here for you to criticize anymore she'll now not be around and and you will have to look at the the road that she has paved for women that have come after that and that want to continue doing things the way that she's doing them right now yeah, certainly they do. It will happen. A lot of people will kiss her ass and and a lot of people will start saying that they miss her or that she influenced their careers. And you will see, uh, we were going to see a lot of hypocrites in, in yeah. the music business and industry and everything. You'll see a spike in the celebration greatest hits. 
<laughs> on on streaming for sure um well i want to ask you about i'm going to tell you a secret so i just did an episode on the reinvention tour and i'm going to tell you a secret and um your name did come up because you know the person i was speaking to had seen the pictures of of me with you at pride um which i had the opportunity to actually meet you there and i think when i approached you i wasn't I didn't even know that it was you. I just you looked familiar to me, and uh, I think I have been following you on Instagram for a little bit, but I didn't realize you were that that Willy Wanker. <laughs> um, so I want you to tell me about like what that experience was like. Kind of tell me the setup, like tell me how it came to be and how you discovered or how you realized like oh this is what's happening. Yeah, it's a it's a very it's a very awkward story because that happens, uh, the recording of that, the day before the concert at the Madison Square Garden in New, in New York City, mm-hmm. I was uh, on vacation. Um, I was in Europe for a music festival, and then I went to New York to see Madonna for the Reinvention Tour. And I was just kind of excited of, of the show. Uh, back in the days, I was... I was not traveling with a computer or anything, so I was spoiler-free for the concert. Mm-hmm. I have just seen a few pictures online and a few songs from the sentence, but but nothing more, not full videos or anything. And I went to the Madison Square Garden to check it out. Uh, what was going on the day before the show? Uh, if we're going to see the trailers or the merchandise or or stuff going in and out. And I was just like loitering outside, like for a few minutes. So wait, uh, I, hate to, I hate to interrupt, but are you saying that like, there wasn't even a show that night? It was just the day no. before? Yeah, it was the day before. Wow, okay. My show was on Thursday night. And I was there on Wednesday. I think there was a show that night. I don't remember. I think I think there was a show that night. But I have a VIP ticket for the next day. And I have another extra ticket for Sunday, but I have to return back to Puerto Rico and to work. And I just mm. sold the ticket. And and then I was like outside, like doing nothing in front of the stairs of the main entrance of the Madison Square Garden. And two guys um, came to me with laminate passes I remember that they have the picture was uh, from the promo poster of the tour with holographic design. I say, mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, from Madonna staff. Uh, do you mind if a person do a few questions to you? And I said, no, of course not. And and they told me, okay, walk down the street, uh, stand uh, in the corner of the block. A uh, car going to pass by, going to stop, and they're going to ask you a few questions. If you don't feel comfortable, don't reply anything. and say, okay, I have no problem with that. And I just walked down to the corner, the uh, the famous corner of the Madison Square Garden where they used to have the hot dog cars mm-hmm. that have been there for many years. I think they are no longer there because they, they changed the, the street now. Uh... And I stopped by there, and there was a black car in front of, of me. Like, uh, it was not kind of a limousine, but it was a, a big car 
with black windows and and then I stop and think wow is Madonna inside of the car <laughs> they're gonna Your heart drop <laughs> yeah and then I start freezing and like all my life crossed by my mind like a near-death <laughs> experience it's like they're gonna get me backstage They're going to get me inside the Mansur Square Garden. I'm going to see the stage. Uh, a lot of things. They're going to invite me inside the car. Like A lot of things uh, came to my mind. But the most nervous thing that was, was like, a, I'm going to talk with Madonna. And when they opened the windows and I checked down who was inside the car, and it was Guy Ritchie in the back seat. There was a, a guy with a camera. There was another girl with a boom a microphone. And mm -hmm. there was this driver uh, wearing like a, like a tuxedo with a cap. And I checked the car inside and there was no Madonna inside. <laughs> so all my expectations dropped to the floor. <laughs> so, and then I was like, okay. It's not going to happen. And then guys start talking to me and everything went like really smooth and natural. Uh, he asked me my name. I told him my name. Uh, but like I say, uh, like I said in the movie, they call me Wilwankin in Puerto Rico because by that time I never used my real name. And very few people really know my real name at that time. Mm -hmm. And you were allowed on Facebook, on social media later to use uh, nicknames, not your real name. So I never used my real name on social network starting. And and I was in my mind, where's Madonna? <laughs> and we were talking and say, where's Madonna? But the thing is like, we have a really smooth conversation for almost 15 minutes, I think, or more. We talk about... Um, motherhood we talk about her uh, uh having a family we talk about uh sweat away uh one of his questions was uh what do you think about madonna uh having a family and having kids and i told him uh that was not my business because whatever she wants to do with her life is her decisions it's like me as a fan I don't have the right to tell any performer or any person that I admire what to do with their life or their kids. It's like it's like giving her permission to her to dictate what I'm going to do with my life or what what kind of color I dye my hair or anything. And I'm not gonna now, going to allow that to anyone in music. So I told him whatever makes her happy, it will make happy the fans. Also, we talk about, uh, I, I was wearing a Sex Pistols t-shirt that day, yeah. and he asked me to compare Madonna with the Sex Pistols. I told him that Malcolm McLaren tried to make this band of provocative people and making people uncomfortable listen to them or watching them. And that was she was Madonna doing in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, uh, mm -hmm. pushing people bottoms. 
And also we talk about swept away. I told him that he was a very jealous person because in the extra on the DVD, you can see Guy Ritchie like screaming when Madonna was like kissing the main actor uh, to cough and everything. Uh, But I say, but that's okay. You are supposed to be jealous to the person that you love. And he told me, oh, I have never seen that in that way. Now, did you know that it was Guy Ritchie as soon as you saw him? Yeah, I, I know it was him. Because he disguised his voice. Yeah, yeah, but, but the face and the voice. But the thing is, like, English is not my first language. And 20 years ago was worst. So I speak in second, in second, second person. Oh, okay. And that mistake, I think, was was make me to be in the final cut of the movie. I think I was just lucky at the end for my mistakes. Yeah, because uh, in the movie, it's 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 a short scene, but you were just telling us basically everything that was on the cutting room floor, the the fifty, the extra time that you get to spend with him. Did he have any response to? Um, like a, a longer response to any of the things that you had said, like comparing her with the Sex Pistols or about the the swept away movie. Um, no, he was it was it was kind of a, a very um, short talk. It was a real surreal experience. I still don't know why they chose me on the street at first because it was not the night of my concert. There was no people around. Uh, like Madonna fans or anything. I wasn't wearing a Madonna t-shirt at all. So I don't know why they picked me up in the streets. It's like it's like a, a very, very useful quote in that in New York, everything could happen. Yeah. So it happens to me. <laughs> it was a fuzzy dream. Yes, it is. Madonna would say. So, well, congratulations. I mean, I think that's, your your presence and your Madonna fandom is archived and documented in a piece of memorabilia that you could that you'll have for life. So in addition to the experience, you know, anyone that has the DVD will see you. Yeah, for me, I think I think was one of my happiest days of my life when I discovered that I was I was made in the final cut of the movie because I didn't have any information after that day. And then I read on the some uh, forums that a few fans were interviewed in Europe on the Rebation Tour in Lisbon, I think, or France. Mm-hmm. I say, they're not going to choose me in the movie or anything. I, I didn't know I didn't know that it was for a movie at all or anything. So I didn't know what they were going to make a movie about the tour. When did you find out? I found out when they premiered the movie on TV. So you didn't go to, did you go to the premiere in New York? No, no, I didn't went there uh, because I didn't have any any idea that I was going to be there or that my footage was going to be used on that movie. If I knew by then, I'm pretty sure I will make everything possible to be there. 
Yeah. Well, what are what are the after effects been? So, you know, now people have seen you in this documentary. What was like response like from your friends, from your family, from other fans? What did you hear or or did you use any of this, you know, I'll say quote unquote like celebrityism, this fan celebrityism to um work in yes. your favor at all? Yep. Uh- the first thing was uh, the night that they premiered the movie on MTV. A few friends uh, called me. Oh, Willie, I saw you in the movie. I said, what? What movie? Oh, in the movie of Madonna. I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> it was like I, I didn't expect anything. And then uh, people of the mall, fans, friends, friends that I have, uh, that they saw the movie, say, oh, I think I saw you in the movie. Uh of Madonna, that was you, yeah, yeah, yeah that was. And people were like really, really happy that happened that to me because they knew what kind of fans I was, and I'm still I. Uh, and they were really happy. That was like, um, like a, it was like a reward for me, for me, like a loyal fan for so many years, and I perceive it that way also. And then after that was a confession tour. And a few people recognized me at the shows. Oh, uh, you are Willy Wonka. You are the guy from uh, from the from the movie. Or people scream to me like in the halls, like Guy Ritchie or something like that. <laughs> they, they, I know what they're screaming that. <laughs> and then using social network and uh, doing more shows, thick and sweet. Well, I start meeting more and more and more fans on the road over the years. Yeah, and but I really don't look exactly that Willy Wonka for two thousand oh four, and some of them recognize me by the voice or the accent, or your voice sounds familiar, or something like that, and I make a joke about not really telling anything. Well, that's amazing. I, I I'm glad it's all been positive. Yeah, always positive. Have you met Madonna since, or have you talked to Guy Ritchie since? No, never, <laughs> never again. And on the confessions tour, I ask uh, Guy Osiri, uh if Guy Ritchie was at the show or anything, and he always told me no, he wasn't here. Uh, that was my only intent, like maybe meet Madonna through him. Do you like? Hey, remember me? You interviewed me. <laughs> yeah. After the movie had premiered, did you like see your name like in the credits? Did you have to sign a release or anything like that? Uh, I didn't see my name in the credits, but I yes, I do. I sign a waiver, a release uh, for use my pictures. And that was another fun story because that day I was in Times Square early buying souvenirs. Mm-hmm. And I went to this store in Times Square and bought a fake uh driver license uh, of Madonna with a ray of light picture on it. Oh yeah, I remember um, that one. And when they asked me for my ID, I showed them that. that <laughs> and they, uh, the guys that came for me uh, first, uh, they were the, the ones who gave me the papers. And I, I, I didn't read anything. I just signed them. It's like, okay, use my right. face or anything. And, and I just handled that that picture they love and they went back 
to Guy Ritchie to show them what I have uh, given to them. Mm-hmm. And and when uh, they returned me back the ID, and they made, they took me a picture of my fake ID and my real ID face-to-face. <laughs> so for the record, that was me. I wanted to ask you, because I know that you've seen Madonna quite a few times, I wanted to ask you, like, what was your first? When was your first time seeing her, and what was that like? My first time was uh, the Girlie Show in Puerto Rico. Ooh, such a yes! Good one. I was fifteen years old, and I thought that was going to be my only chance in lifetime to see her perform because she was coming to Puerto Rico for the Girlie Show. That I, I I feel quite lucky because. The girly show didn't have many stops in the United States. Yeah. And at 15 years old, there was no chance for me to travel alone to see her. I didn't have that in mind that I could travel to go to concerts. Uh, maybe on vacation with family, but they're not going to take me to another country to see her. Uh, there was mm-hmm. there was something like impossible that crossed my mind or my or even my parents to spend money to travel to take me to a Madonna concert. Uh, I, that was my first chance to see her. And at that age, I thought that was my only chance in lifetime. So I enjoyed the most of the concert. I was very, very nervous because I was already a fan of her. And I went to the stadium like really early in the day to make the queue to get in. Because by that time... Um, Seating was not numbered, so first come first basis kind of stuff. Uh, only the floor was numbered. I was on the chipsies, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but you were there. Yeah, I was there. It was my first time seeing her. Uh, I think that night was really surreal because I was waiting for that show for months, and mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. that show, I think. I don't know. I don't know how to describe that. It's like very few times in your lifetime that you go to sleep with a smile in your face and sleep with a smile. But the theatrics of the show, the costumes, the set list, from start to finish, I think is perfection. Where else have you seen her? Because I, I know that you traveled for the Pride event, but did you, did you go back? Did I see that you went back for the the roller rink? No, no, I didn't went. Uh, okay. I hate those short notice events because I have to. Yeah. I book a flight. I need to book a flight. Uh, the, my pro, my main problem is work. Uh, I works that needs me all the time, and it's it's hard to yeah. make schedule to get away for a concert and return back like nothing happened. But I have seen her almost all over Europe. What are the standout performances for you? I love the shows, but the thing is like every country is very different. It's just a crowd that make it greater. Latin countries are very passionate, but it's, it just depends. It just depends the country, but it's a big part of the crowd. Uh, for example, I love Germany because most German don't queue, so I can shop early and be in the front really really easy i always want to do south america brazil or argentina i still didn't have that opportunity yet but it, it just depends it's like 
it's, it's just a crowd, but also I love to travel and I love to see new cities. So I plan my vacation accordingly to the tour. Year that there's a tour, all my vacation days will going to going to be used to see her. But I try to go to a different country. So between shows, I explore, I go to the museums, I enjoy the lifestyle or the food or or everything that country that have to offer. Well, I know that she is planning to go on tour next year. She's already booked some stadiums. Yeah, I hope it's going to be a tough year for tours. Yeah. A lot of performers are going to be on tour, so it's quite it's going to be quite challenging this year. But Madonna is my first option, always, from anyone. Yeah, well, hopefully we don't run into a, a Ticketmaster issue like Taylor Swift fans have. <laughs> well, before we go, I did want to ask you a little bit about your DJ career. When did you start DJing and getting into uh, that? It was almost 20 years ago. I used to travel uh, not just for Madonna. I used to travel a lot for bands that I love or the music that inspire me. And when I started going to clubs in Europe and United States, okay, I want to do that in Puerto Rico also. And I started doing my parties in Puerto Rico. But it's very hard to find like a DJ to put the kind of music that you want. So I say to me, okay, I'm going to get everything in charge. <laughs> like with a Madonna attitude. And I could do it better. So I start uh, <laughs> organizing the parties and putting the music and setting the environment, decoration, props, everything. I spent almost 10 years doing uh, gothic parties. I have I used to have two weekly nights here in Puerto Rico, then bigger nights or especially band, bringing bands, booking bands to Puerto Rico. But my work is very demanding. Then I started working in a store that opens 24 hours. So my weekly schedule was always very busy. So I quit doing this. And I have been doing this like once a year or any chance, but I think it's time to get back and start doing this because no one is doing it. Uh, this kind of music here in Puerto Rico right now, and uh, there's a lot of people that they want that kind of music or they want that that kind of events. So I'm here for them. It's like Madonna. No one is going to stop me because I have a certain age or anything like that. Yeah. Now, do you try to slip any Madonna, maybe some obscure Madonna in there that might fit with the vibe of your DJ Yeah, obviously. Set? I've done it before. A lot of times. <laughs> uh, there's a band that is called Bigot 20. Uh, they have an excellent cover of like a prayer, and yes, it's a, it's a smash. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a dance floor filler every time I put it. Uh, there's also a new order uh, mashup uh, hung up with a uh, Blue Monday that is amazing. Everybody loves Madonna. Everybody loves Madonna. It doesn't matter if you're a pop rocker or not. Everybody has a favorite Madonna song. Even I have done uh, one night. That was called Confessions of a Gothic Dance Floor. And it was, fans will know because uh, the fly was a lot of mirror balls. And I have a lot of mirror balls on the dance floor that night. And But I, the thing is, like, I put a lot of uh, covers from Gothic and industrial bands that have covered the Madonna over the years. And I make a special uh, set list for that night with, uh, with those kind of bands. Well, you have an event coming up called 
bitch, I'm Dracula, what would people expect if they went to yeah. the, this kind yeah, of... The name is weird oh. because uh, most of people think that it's a uh, reference from Bitch and Madonna Son, but it's actually not. It's, it's, a, it's a guy that has a, a dead rock, punk rock band that is called Amor. Uh, he's coming back to Puerto Rico for the holidays. And uh, he called me and say, I'm going to be in Puerto Rico. I want to play it. Uh, I want you to, to go there and put your music. And I say, okay. And he started promoting. Uh, so it's going to be a band, uh, a guy that do poetry. And I'm going to, to be, I'm going to put music between acts from that wave to oh, industrial. Nice. And who knows, maybe some obscure Madonna track. Maybe slip in the up-down suite. Maybe. <laughs> I have the record store day uh, event, local oh, record yeah. store on Friday. So I'm going to DJ there on vinyl, and probably I'm going to put everybody. Because I'm, I'm going there Ooh. to DJ and going to pick up my record. So maybe I'll spin them right away. That'll be fun. Well, you have a store that you sell some things on and is it also like a a fan community like on facebook to sell items or is it just the, your store i have the madonna garage sale uh on facebook it's like a group for fans to interact with each other and collectors to exchange or sell their items also i have an instagram account that is also called madonna garage sale that i sell my doubles Oh, cool. And I do trades with fans also. and Nice. It's like I always in the hunting for something that I don't have. And that's another full-time job. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, it's just even, I th- I, because I've seen parts of your collection, That's it's probably already a lot, a lot of work just to inventory all of that, much less work out an exchange or, or selling something and then shipping it. I hate that. <laughs> I hate doing that. I do have... I don't want my Madonna magazines anymore, so um, I eventually want to sell them or do a trade or something, but um, I've gotten out of the magazine game, so to speak, and uh, I have a huge like, tote full of them that is very heavy to lift, um, so yeah. I want to get magazines, rid of them. Magazines are the, one of the hardest items to collect because they're expensive. Mm-hmm. They weigh too much. And they occupied a lot of space. They do. I have my magazines in a storage, and I have almost, I think I have like a thousand covers oh, uh, in a storage that I never see them, and I don't really don't know what I have or not. I've, I've been doing pictures and files and putting names on files. Finally, I finished with my magazines until all the magazines that I have until this summer. Everything is categorized and pictures and files and and name it. I have to do that. I done that with uh, with vinyls and cassettes and CDs, all the media on Discogs. Yeah, there's a lot of merchandise that I still need to, to categorize: uh, posters, teachers, uh, random stuff that I sometimes I. Re- not quite sure if I have it or not. If I have the Japanese poster promo from Erotica from Japan or a high five or not, the true blue poster for Germany. So I get very confused. And yeah, 
it's hard to have track on everything. And sometimes it's the stuff that you see only once when you receive it. Sometimes, sometimes I have packages that I don't open right away until weeks later. I'm not sure if I'm crazy or not, if <laughs> I order or not. So <laughs> I'm going to figure it out later. But so far, well, it, everything, everything stayed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know it's all worth something. So it's not as if you're buying things that... that yeah, but yeah, the product is worth something that. for who? Maybe, maybe if I die... This money, maybe that money is going to be on waste. Uh, who's going to keep that stuff? Where are the stuff? Me, me. To? You can have it. You can leave it in your will to me, and <laughs> I'll I'll take care of it all for you. I hope I will live five hundred years. So you better be alive. <laughs> well, thank you. It's been such a pleasure to actually talk to you. I know we we talk back and forth on Instagram a lot, but um. It's, it's cool to actually talk to you face-to-face, sort of, through the internet and be able to to hear more about your story. I, I can't wait to, like, run into you again at another Madonna event so we can, like, hang out and chit chat. Yeah, hopefully another tour. Yes. Gosh, I'm probably only going to see it once, though, so I got to be selective in, in where I see it. I usually just go to whatever's closest to me. So usually that's D.C., but... If she doesn't perform in D.C., then I'll probably go to like New York or Philadelphia or something. If I always do New York there. for certain reason. I always love New York and the yeah, vibe. The city place and, yeah. and a lot of friends go there. But who knows? So like, it just depends what you have in store for us. What kind of show? What kind of set list? Uh, it doesn't like, matter anymore to me because I feel like she's never going to. This is, you know, she's I feel like she's not at the end of what she plans on doing but i think as far as what she will be able to give us i i look at it as like this could be the last time so just go yeah everything could happen for her or for us like uh, life is something very fragile if the logistic is is good i'll be there something i will never going to do again is tour on winter I hate the cold weather and stuff like that. If it's an arena seated with a uh, with a guaranteed seat, maybe I would do it. But queuing outside on winter or extreme summer, I would do. I'm not going to do that again. I will have to agree with you. I need to have a seat. Like <laughs> I need to be able to sit down when I want, and I need my space, my assigned. Yeah. I want to space. get there, sit, enjoy the show, and go. But the thing is, like, also, just imagine making a queue since 5 in the morning, and it's 11 o'clock in the night, and she's still doing yoga in the back or <laughs> or doing her makeup. Or, it's like, yeah. I want to go home. <laughs> you get tired, not even if it's, it's my daughter or not. That is tired. a whole other discussion about... I don't have the energy of 21 years old anymore. I don't have that energy anymore. Neither do I. I'm like, I'm ready to, I want to, sometimes, you know, I'm a night owl, so I'm fine staying up late. It's just that, well, if I stay up late, it just means I'm going to bed later, which means I'm going to wake up later and I don't want to waste half my day tomorrow sleeping. I want to go out and explore the city that I came to visit while coming to see Madonna on tour. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same. It's what I'm saying. Like, 
going to different countries and enjoy the cities. It's like mm-hmm. day of the show is a waste. It's a kind of wasted day in that city. Right. So yep. most of the time I arrive the day before because I'm doing back to back cities and stuff like that. It just depends on the logistic. I try. Yeah. I try to fit more shows in less time, in, yeah. in less days. That's that. That's what I choose. But also, I want to do different things. Uh, maybe I, I want to see her in in Japan someday. Yeah. Or in other countries like Latin America, or maybe I will see her in Puerto Rico again. Who knows? That would be a a good one to see. Maybe if she goes there, I'll go there too. Just so I can say I've been to Puerto Rico, and I don't need a passport. You don't need a passport, and you're very welcome. Well, <laughs> I great. can be your host. <laughs> Thank you. The island. That's what I need. Show me, show me around the island. Well, thank you again, Willie. I really appreciate your time today, and I hope you have a great weekend. Where can people say hi to you or follow you on on social media? I'm on Facebook. Yes, I'm old. I have a Facebook. Uh, Wilfredo <laughs> Rivera. Also, I have Instagram. Uh, Willie underscore Wanker, and Madonna Garcel, and Madonna Relicario. I also have the groups on internet on Facebook Madonna's Garage Sales and I have a page Madonna Relicario that I promise to update at some <laughs> point well have a good one I'll talk to you soon alright bye bye please be sure to like subscribe rate and review the Madonna get together on your favorite podcast streaming platform and be sure to follow on Instagram at Madonna get together until then my beautiful strangers <laughs>